You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Is there anybody in the house who wanted to be like Mike growing up? I mean, Monica, please raise your hand. I know we got one in the building. Ty, hey, growing up, I wanted to be like Mike. And uh, many of you know um, that I coach basketball. I love the game of basketball. And I have the opportunity to coach uh, the college men's basketball team. And some of them are up there. And I'm glad they're here. Um, But Michael Jordan was a, a phenomenon. He was somebody who, you know, even if you didn't know sports, you knew who Michael Jordan was. And, and, and so many people wanted to be like Mike. You wanted to buy his shoes. I remember growing up, um, my, you know, as a kid, my dad would always say, you know, you get one pair of shoes. Every year I'd get one pair of shoes. And, uh, and I would always get to look through the racks and then go over to the clearance act and, rack and see if there was any Jordans. And, and then there wasn't. And I was like, you know, oh, man. But, but Jordan was the guy that I wanted to be like. I wanted to be like Mike. And, and I, I wore his jerseys. Um, it was kind of cool. It's kind of aging myself a little bit. But, like, my dad got to bring me and my brother Joe to actually see Michael Jordan play live. And I'll never forget, like, just going to the arena and just, like, my jaw dropping. I mean, like, that, that, that's Michael Jordan. That's, that's the Air Jordan in himself. And I witnessed him play live in person. Um, I even tried to emulate my game after him. And obviously, like, you know, as a 5'9 Asian man, I, I didn't have, like, the 6'6 stature and the athleticism that Michael Jordan had. But I did play basketball and had a little decent career. And I had a, I had a, I had a video and a move that I, I tried to emulate after Jordan. I wanted to show you guys on the screen. Um, this, right, this video right here, you know, Jordan, a little reverse lay, you know, pretty nice, the tongue sticking out. This is me right here. Oh, oh, Coach Mo, a little reverse lay. You're not too bad. I mean, a little hang time. Look at the flying motion. Not too bad there. So, so, I mean, I even tried to emulate my game after him. And I remember posting that on Facebook like a while back and, and uh, trying to, you know, I asked which one was better. And I had, you know, there was different sides of things. Somebody commented on there, um, you know, man, Coach, that looked good. Uh, you know, you have to consider, I think yours is better because you're only – Five foot nine, Jordan is six six. I mean, it's easier for him to get the ball up there. I mean, you really had, and I said that's a good point. And then somebody else brought me back down to earth and said, you know what? Uh, he did it on Shaq. You did it on like somebody you no name. So I was like, all right, fair point, fair point. It was on Shaq. You know, I wanted to be like Mike, and uh, I, I copied his haircut. I want to be like Mike still to this day. Just like I wanted to be like Mike. Our theme this year is it's all about Jesus. And our sermon series, and this is coming up on the end of our sermon series of Jesus, our model. Jesus, our model. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, the first two words say this, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. And then it says this, live a life filled with love, and look at it on the screen there, following the example of Christ. Jesus, our model. You know, Jesus is the only person who ever lived on this earth that 
we could legitimately idolize and it not be a sin. Jesus was and is the greatest to ever live. He's the greatest of all time. And so often, if you're like me, especially growing up and even now, you can find yourself idolizing maybe somebody or saying, man, I wish I was like him or man, I wish I... And so often in the church, it seems like we miss the point that we are to be like Jesus. If you look in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, it takes it a step further. We're not just supposed to be like Jesus in our actions, but we're to be like Jesus in our attitude. Now, that's a whole nother level. It's not just doing, it's not what would Jesus do, it's what would Jesus think? How would Jesus, how would Jesus uh, feel about that? Look in Philippians here, at the end of that verse, it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Well, what does that look like? Well, let's look at the beginning of the verse. It says, don't be selfish. That sounds like our culture, right? Just a very unselfish people. I'm obviously kidding. We're a very selfish people. Our culture, our society is very selfish. Everything we do for the most part, if we're being honest, and I'm including myself in this, I'm saying we, is for ourselves. You know, we, we wake up and do, you know, brush our teeth and do our hair if you have any. And then you, you know, you put your clothes on that you bought for yourself and you want to look a certain way and you, you, you go to work so you can make money so that you can, you know, pay for your bills and your house and your cars and your, it, we're very self, it's just our culture and society is very me-based. But if we want to have the same attitude that Jesus had, we are to be unselfish. And then let's look here, after it says don't be selfish, it says don't try to impress others. Right? Don't try. Social media and, and just it, life in general has come to the point where we find ourselves, and I'm including myself in this, and I'll preface this 24-7, that I'm struggling with the same things you're struggling with, is we try to impress others. We want to we want to get the job and get the promotion so that we can look this way and make this much money and have this status. And we, we post things on uh, social media to look this certain way. But if we want to have the same attitude as Jesus, he didn't try to impress others. In fact, he did the opposite. It says, be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. You know, I tell my guys all the time, uh, we play, um, you know, we'll play some bigger schools and we'll play uh, division one schools and these division one schools, you'll have, you know, some of them will have 13, 14,000 students in them. And we're a very small college and they give out 12 full ride scholarships. We don't give out any scholarships. And so, so sometimes I'll tell them, you know, we'll go play these schools and they'll, they'll give us some money. It's like a little fundraiser to help us kind of fund the season. And I tell our guys, it's so hard for them and it's so hard for me. I played against them too where, you know, they'll talk trash and you'll want to talk trash back to them and say, you know, well, you know, you're this or you're that. And you'll try to talk trash and make them feel like they're not as good. And I said, why don't you try this? Next time they talk trash and say that, you know, you suck or you're this or that, just say, oh, you're right, man. And you, honestly, you're a phenomenal ball player. Like, no, seriously, like, wow. And I'm not joking right now. You you, you really can play the game. I'm impressed. 
they're not going to know how to respond to that. I've done it. It's hilarious. If you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was just so unpredictable. His responses were so different than ours. And then it says this, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others. Now, one of the big things that I want to point out is the word only. I think sometimes we mistake like, oh, we've just got to look for everybody else's interest and not our own. No, you can look out for yourself. It's okay to look out for you and your family and save and invest and make sure that you're taking care of your family. There's nothing wrong with that. Take vacations. Enjoy each other. It says don't look out only for your own interests. It's okay to look out for yourself, but, but at the same time, take an interest in others too. We have so many opportunities to do that in church. The insert in your bulletin, giving, the church's expenses, mortgage. I've got one of those. I got to make money so I can pay for my own mortgage. I can't help with that. Utilities, maintenance, insurance. I've got all those bills. So the money that I make, I need to make sure that I take care of my bills. Oh, 100%. But the Bible tells us that not only do we want to take care of our own selves, but let's look out for the interest of others. We have the opportunity to serve. We have the opportunity to, to give by serving. What a great opportunity to be able to look out for other people, not just ourselves, not just our own interest. And then it closes with saying, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So one of the questions that I, I always find myself answering, especially working with youth and students, and I have kids now, is, and I, it, it's, it's famer, is why. And, that, and I love answering the question why. My son, MJ, whenever I'll ask him why, like, you know, he'll do something. I said, MJ, why'd you do that? Because, because, because what? Just because. No, MJ, it can't be just because. Like you, there has, like the word because is like indicating that you're going to say why. Like it's the re, no dad, just because. And it's so frustrating because I'm like, that's probably right. Like you have no clue why you did it. I get it. But like. Right? You don't want to hear somebody, like, I don't, you don't want to hear me say, the reason we need to be like Jesus is just because. You want to hear why. And some of us in here today might be saying, you know what? I know why. Because obviously when you, you're like Jesus and you do good things, and man, he's going to love you more. Duh. He's going to be, he's going to be more proud of you. But the truth is, that's just not the case. Romans 5, 8 tells us that God loved us when we were sinners. There's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you more. I hate to break it to you. The good news is, there's nothing you can do that make God love you any less. God loves you unconditionally. He cares for you. The truth is, God loves you. Well, I, I got it, Mo, and you, you give me the wink, you know. I got it. It's because maybe God won't love us more, but it, it does... I mean, it gets us to heaven, right? Like, that's what's going to help us get to heaven is we got to be like Jesus and we got to do good things and that's going to help us get to heaven. And no, that's also false. The Bible tells us that salvation is a free gift. And the only thing we have to do for salvation is to accept the free gift that God has given us. Now, you may be thinking, well, what's the reason then? Why would we want to be like Jesus if we're already going to go to heaven, all we have to do is accept a free gift, and God's not going to love us anymore. And Well, what's the point? What's the reason? 
Well, let me give you three reasons to be like Jesus here on earth. And the first one I think may be the most important just because of what it indicates if it's not true. But let's get started here. Number one, the first reason to be like Jesus is because it's what happens to every Christ follower naturally. Because it's what happens to every Christ follower naturally. The Pittmans are sitting right over here in this section, and a little while ago they invited me and my kids, Lainey and MJ, um, to their garden. And they welcomed us to their garden. It's amazing. We had a great time with the Pittmans. It was so fun. And uh, we, uh, we went over there, and we were picking all of our cucumbers and okra and all of our vegetables and fruits, and it was amazing. It's a beautiful garden. They do such a good job. They're so amazing people. And I was thinking... You know, for that garden to be there, they planted seeds. I have a picture of some seeds up on the screen. These are apple seeds. These apple seeds, that doesn't necessarily look like an apple tree yet. It doesn't look like an apple. But the the, the thing about an apple seed is when it's planted, it has no choice but to become an apple tree and produce other apples. Because... It has, it is what it is. That's what it is naturally. You see, the truth is, when we become more like Jesus, it's not what we do, it's who we are. You're, you're, you're that way, like, you want to be more like Jesus naturally because you are a Christ follower. Let's, let, let's read some scripture here. 2 Corinthians three sixteen through 18. It says this. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, or whenever somebody accepts that free gift and they accept Christ in their heart, it says this, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, listen to this, the Lord is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Write this down in your notes if you have your notes there. When you decide to follow Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, he makes you more like Jesus. It's very simple. When you get saved and you ask Jesus to come into your heart and you accept that free gift that God has given us, you receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit naturally gives us different desires. The Bible, the Bible in, uh, indicates it. It tells us that we're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And sometimes... I, was, I gave this illustration in our youth a couple weeks ago. I, I, I was, uh, we were traveling back from Dallas, uh, playing a basketball game there a little while ago. And we were traveling back from Dallas, and we were on the bus. And uh, I, I, I was at a, uh, we were at Chick-fil-A, stopped at Chick-fil-A, and I got a milkshake. Bless God for Chick-fil-A's milkshakes. And so I got a cookies and cream milkshake, and I drank it. One of the things about milkshakes that gets me like, it's just a natural thing that happens when I drink milkshake. I get really thirsty. So I drink a whole bunch of water. Well, that's obviously not something that you want to do on a road trip. And I'm one of those guys who's like, I'm going to hold it. I'm not going to, you know. And so whenever I went to the bathroom, let's just say it loves, 
I came back on the bus and I said, I am a new man. I feel like a new man because I got rid of what I had. Listen, sometimes, sometimes you have to get rid of the old. We're a new creature. And what's interesting about this passage here and this thought is the most important thing. And that is if we are not becoming more like Jesus, it may be indicating a much more serious problem. And I don't want to come in here and try to make you doubt your salvation. I don't want to come in here and make somebody think, well, maybe I'm not saved because if I'm not, if I'm not becoming more like Jesus, then I guess I'm not saved. Well, I don't want you to feel that way because I don't want you to doubt and like make people and force people to, but what I do want to do is give you the truth. And the truth is that when you are saved, you become more like Jesus. It doesn't mean that you instantly become perfect. It doesn't mean that we make no mistakes. But what it does mean is that those desires have changed. The Holy Spirit is very clear that he gives us different desires. Let's look at Philippians 2, 13 through 15, just so we know that I'm not giving opinion. Amen. I want to read it from the scriptures. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Don't work hard for your salvation, but it says work hard to show the results. Obeying God will deep, excuse me, with deep reverence and fear. Listen to this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and giving you the power to do what pleases him. When you get saved, God not only through the Holy Spirit gives you different desires, like, man, I used to really want to do this, and, and now I really don't want to do that anymore. I used to not really want to do this, but now I really want to do it. I used to not really have passion for reading my Bible and praying, but, but now like, I just want to spend more time with them. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit gives us our desires, but he also gives us the power to fulfill those desires. You, when the Holy Spirit gives you these desires or gives you the desire not to do something, he also gives you the power to overcome it. Addiction. I love the fact that we were singing those songs and, and God's name stands above it all. It's, it's over addictions. It's, 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 he's a chain breaker. And those things that weigh us down, you, not only do you have the desire to change, but God gives you through the Holy Spirit the, the power to overcome those things. Let's read on in this verse. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining bright, excuse me, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. If I were to turn off the lights in this building, it would be pretty dark. We covered up the windows that used to be there. And it would be pretty dark in here. And then if I said, Ken, I want you to turn the lights back on. And when he clicked the switch back on and nothing came on, we would, we would, it would indicate to us there's something wrong with that light because it's not turning on. We wouldn't say the light's on because the, flip, the, uh, the switch is flipped. We would say there's some, there's, it's not connected to the power. There's something not, not right there. In the same way, when you are saved, we are naturally light to the world. We're a light to a world in darkness. Which leads me to my second point. Not only do we, uh, we want to be like Jesus for the first reason, because it's what happens to every Christ follower naturally, but number two, because God desires us, God desires to use us, excuse me, to make more Christ followers. 
Because God desires to use us to make more Christ followers. As you study the Bible, as you look throughout history, as you look at your own life, typically God uses people to share his gospel and share the good news. I know that there's been times throughout scripture and times maybe there might be somebody in here who maybe God revealed himself to them like, you know, the apostle Paul and Saul on the the road to Damascus. I mean, that may have happened to somebody in here, but typically, most of the time, the reason that you accepted the free gift and the reason that I accepted the free gift is because somebody shared it with me. Because somebody was light to me. You understand this, that God knows this about each and every human in this building, that you will be in your most abundant life. You are going to live life in abundance, and you will be happiest, and you will have the most joy and peace and love and patience whenever you are doing your purpose. And what is our purpose? Well, it's to love God and love others. We need to make sure that we understand that we are not to shine alone. You know, if I turned the lights off in this room again, it was pitch black, and I turned on my phone light, this light on my phone would light up maybe like enough room for me to see, and I could see where I'm going. But it really wouldn't be bright enough to light up this whole building. Right? But if everybody in here turned their flashlight on, we might have enough light to make enough brightness to to illuminate this whole room. I, I, I teach a, or I taught uh, space and earth and astronomy in, uh, in, in the school um, system and, and in the gospel Light Christian school. And when I did, um, I, I, I love teaching about space and stars and earth. I know that's geeky and weird, but I love it. And one of the pictures that I ran across um, was this picture. And this is a picture of America at nighttime from space. And you can see these lights that are lighting up in this dark place. Now, if I were to just shine a flashlight in the air, you're not going to see it from space like that. What's the truth here? The truth that I want you guys to understand is that the reason that we can see these bright lights is because they're together. And gospel light, I mean, literally, it's in our name. Our church name is gospel light. What would happen if we had four or 500, not just our campus, not just the 9 a.m. and 1045, but the Spanish church and the Lake Hamilton campus? What if we as a church, and by the way, the church of Hot Springs with the other churches, what if we were a light together, coming together, we could really illuminate a dark, dark place. Our community would be so much different if we would unify ourselves and come together and shine our lights. It doesn't stop there and Matthew five fourteen through 16, another passage of scripture, it says, you are the light of the world. Notice Jesus isn't saying, Vince, be the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. He's saying, Zoe, you're not just to be, the, you are, you are the light of the world. It's not a switch that you turn on and off. It's not a switch when you come to church and you flip the switch on and, okay, I'm the light now. And then when we go to work, flip the light back off. We are the light. We, we, we are literally supposed to be a light in the dark places of this world. 
It says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. It was dark in here, and I turned my phone flashlight on. It's on, and then I put it in my pocket. You'd probably say, well, Mo, you're, what, are you, what are you doing? And I'd probably say, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty stupid, right? Why wouldn't we do that? Well, because light isn't serving its purpose. At that point, we are turning on the light and putting it in our pocket. That way there's no light being given off. Here's what it says right after that. You ready? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Why? To make us look good? No. So that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And this is so important. I want you to write this down. It's in your notes. It's just a couple blanks there. I want you to understand this. Good works don't produce salvation. They are the product of salvation. Good works don't produce salvation. Remember, salvation isn't produced by good works. But good works are definitely a byproduct of salvation. It is something that happens naturally And we are a light to this world showing our good deeds. Look at James 2.26 on the screen. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without works. The reason, one of the reasons you know I'm alive up here is because I'm breathing. If I was up here and not breathing, you would probably be like, okay, he's dead. Right? That would just be the case. The reason you know I'm alive is because I'm breathing. The reason in this passage in James here, the reason that you know you're spiritually alive is there's good works being produced. Now, what is a good work? I mean, a Satan worshiper can do good things. I mean, uh, that, that may sound blasphemous, but it's true. There can be an atheist who builds a hospital. A non-Christian can build an orphanage. That's a good thing. That doesn't mean they're a Christian. That is. Well, what, what are we talking about here then? What is the good works you're talking about? Until God, and this is in your notes, until God is attached to what you are doing, you are not being the light of the world. We're not just to be doing good things, but we're to be doing good things, but also making sure that we're attaching God to the good things that we're doing. Let me give you an example. There's some teachers in this room. I'm a teacher. I know Zoe's a teacher. I know Millie's a teacher. I'm just looking around the room. I'm seeing plenty more teachers in this room, and there was plenty more in the first service. If we're teachers, we're not just supposed to teach kids and do good things for the kids and care for the kids and love on the kids, even though those are all good things. There's a lot of teachers who do that, by the way. As a Christ follower, I'm supposed to be a representative of what Jesus would do and how Jesus would teach if he were in my shoes. How would Jesus teach these kids? How would Jesus coach my basketball team? How would, you're in, you're in sales. How would Jesus be in sales? You're in real estate. How would Jesus be in real estate? That's your job to be a representative of him like that. You're in the medical field. How, Darian, I know Darian Sims, he's, he's uh, getting his CRNA. He's going to be a, a, a CRNA anesthesiologist. How would Jesus do that job? 
We're to be a representative of Jesus. You're the only Jesus that some people are going to see. There's not just going to be people picking up their Bible randomly all the time and reading it, but you can be the Bible and Scripture to them, living it out. In your notes, we should be doing things that benefit people and advertise God. We should be doing things that benefit people and advertise God. I don't want to just do good things for people. I don't want to just buy people's meals, and I don't want to, uh, you know, go do this for them and show them love. And I want to do that, but I want to make sure that it's advertising God as well. I want them to know that I'm a Christ follower. This is, this is the reason why I do what I do and who I am. Because Jesus has done so much for me, and he can do so much for you. He loves you. I'm going to spend the last portion of this message going into number three. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says this. Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and Paul says, And you should imitate me. Paul's saying, act like me, imitate me, just as I imitate Christ. Number three, and lastly, not only do we want to be like Jesus because it's what happens to every Christ follower naturally, and not only do we want to be like Jesus because God desires to use us to make more Christ followers, but number three, because it can benefit the next generation. Because it can benefit the next generation. Who are you imitating Jesus for that will more than likely be here when you are gone? So often, um, I find myself, and I'm in, a, I'm in a lighthouse. Some of you are in lighthouses. And you go to people's house, and, and you know, I have a lighthouse with a lot of people my age, you know, mid-30s. And we'll get together, and we'll disciple each other, and we'll talk about, you know, how, what God's doing in our life, and what God's doing in their life, and we'll help each other and work through, work through things and walk life together. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's needed. But can I tell you this? There is something called generational discipleship that I believe this church and I strongly believe that we need to get better at. I've been working as a student pastor here for over 11 years now. And I can tell you one of the greatest needs that we have in this church is for people who are older, maybe they're 30s, maybe they're 40s, maybe, they're, maybe you're older and you're in your senior, uh, senior years. It is the, the need for you, wherever you're at in life, to understand that your discipleship needs to be, you need to be discipling somebody younger than you. You look throughout scripture, it's exactly how it's always been done. You even look at, you even look at uh, Paul and Timothy and things of that nature, but you look at the life of Jesus and you see him, you know, suffer little children and come under me. Forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven. He's, he's always, he's always got youth and he, he loves the children. I was talking to uh, Joe, my brother Joe is in charge of the kids light. And I was asking him today, I said, so you really, you don't need any more help, right, Joe? Like no more help in the kids ministry. We've got it all taken care of. The Manthys, Miss Courtney Manthy and Jeff Manthy are in charge of the mini lights with those little kids. What are, who are you influencing right now? That is the next generation for Jesus. We aren't leaving a legacy for ourselves, but we're influencing young people to be more like Jesus. I'm not out here trying to do good things so that people will look at me and they, 
When I die, man, I remember Mo was just a good person. I hope that's really not the case. I really hope that when I die, people would say, man, he loved Jesus and he tried to be like him. There was just something different. And it wasn't because of Mo, it was because of Jesus. I'm going to close with this thought and then I have some challenges for us. In your notes, we are not role models. We are just models playing a role. Charles Barkley, right? I am not a role model. I'm just kidding. We're not just role models. We are models playing a role. We are not the person, hey, be like me because I'm good and I do this and I, it's not about that. We are just a model playing a role. We are, hey, look, be like me because I'm just being like Jesus and I want to try to be like Jesus. Just like Paul's telling the Corinthians here, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In your notes, there is some action points. And I'm big on not just like teaching people. I want to see people like apply it. It's just me. And I've always been this way. I've always been more of an action guy. Like it's great to learn the Bible. It's great to read scripture. It's great to do it. But if you ain't going to do it, you're, you're wasting your time. I hate to say it. The Bible tells us don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. Action points. Here in a little bit, the worship team is going to come up here and play, and we're going to have some music. And I finish early. I'm a short-winded preacher. All right, when you're speaking to students, you can't be super long. So I'm a little short-winded, but I'll tell you this. I'm going to finish a little shorter today, but I want to take a little extra time. And I want you to consider this. Think about and pray about and write down. Don't just think about it. I want you to write it down. When you write something down, it puts a little bit more accountability on you. Write down an act of kindness that you can do this week to glorify God. I want you to write, like, think about it, pray about it, and say, what, is, what act of kindness, what good work can I do that not only would be good for somebody, but also to glorify God? That means we are going to bring God into the picture. We're going to attach God to this good work. We're going to attach Jesus to this good work. Whether it's at work, whether it's the home. What act of kindness can you do this week to glorify God? The second thing is this. Pray and write down one to three names that you can reach out to to begin generational discipleship with. Now, this one is a little bit trickier. There may not be one to three students in this church that you could even name, and that's okay. I am here as a student pastor. Josh works heavily in the youth. Tim is our principal in the Christian school. We've got, we've got teachers all over the county in different school systems whether it's Cutter or Lake Hamilton. We have, uh, we have a college right across the street. There are students and people and young people who need people in their lives helping. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, I got you. I- I'm going to disciple my kids. And uh, by the way, that is your number one priority. My number one priority is that, that, as far as generational discipleship, is that Laney, MJ, and Kiyoshi... Those three kids understand that dad loves their mom, but he loves Jesus the most. And he just wants to be like Jesus. That is my number one priority is my kids. But Joe nailed it on the head last week. We're not to do it alone. It takes a village. I'm here to come alongside you as a student pastor and say, hey, parents, how can I help you with discipling your kids? 
That's what I'm here for. But did you know that there's like 50 kids, and it's hard for one person to do that? We need people to, to step out of their comfort zone and say, you know what? I'm going to quit being selfish. I'm going to think about the interest of others and the next generation, and I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to say, hey, is there somebody that I can step into in next generation-wise say, I'm going to speak life into them. I'm going to take them out for lunch. I'm going to take them out. To, I'm gonna, and maybe that involves texting a friend, maybe a parent who has young people, or maybe it's somebody like me or Joe uh, or the Manthes, some kid who needs the love of Jesus. You know, one of the coolest things that uh, people do for me, and, and it, it, the coolest thing is it's not really for me, it's, it's for my kids. When people invest their time and energy into my kids, it's, it's one of the best gifts that they could ever give to me. I was thinking about uh, in the first service, Miss Russo was here, uh, Vince, the electric guitar player, his wife. She worked, uh, works in the, uh, the mini lights, and she, she, uh, my, my son MJ calls her grandma. I think, sometimes, I think sometimes it's so cool to see somebody like that who's, you know, she's super young, right, Vince? But she's getting, you know, a little bit in her mid-20s now. And to see her investing in the children, it is amazing. She's sharing the love of Jesus exactly how Jesus would to my son, MJ. I'm so blessed by that. I'm so blessed. Yesterday, I, you know, I went to uh, Little Rock, and uh, my daughter, Lainey, plays basketball for Gospel Light, and they were having a peewee game up there. And her team, I mean, so <laughs> it's like all third graders but the league is third to sixth grade. And if you know anything about, like, girls' growth spurts, like, typically girls grow a lot, like, in, like, the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and they, like, sprout up. There are girls, like, Laney's this tall. There's girls out there taller than me. I'm not making this up. Like, I mean, Monica, you were, you were there. I mean, the girl was Michael Jordan. I mean, she was unbelievable. I was like, that girl's going to the league. Like, I feared her. I was, like, looking up to her, like, Wow. Laney came up to, I mean, if she, if she tried to contest a shot, she might reach her belly button, right? I mean, they, they, they lost every game this year. They, they, I mean, they lost one game like 50 to zero. But one of, the, one of the coolest things for me was to look across the court and see Crystal. I mean, she knows that, but she spends the time teaching them basketball, teaching them to love the game, but she's also teaching them Jesus. I'm blessed by Crystal. I need your help. You need my help. Our kids here need help. They need Jesus. They need us to be like Paul and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'm the coach of the college basketball team over here. (coughs) And we have some guys in the room today, and, and we have some guys who don't have father figures. Unfortunately, dad's just not in, in, in a part of the picture. At one point, when my brother Zoe was on the team, this was like two or three years ago, there was not a single player on my team outside of Zoe that had a father figure in the home. And I look at that, and as a coach, it's overwhelming. Because I'm like... I, I can't be that for everybody. I try. And it's so, it would be so 
crazy to think about how cool it would be to see gospel light. Say, you know what? I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to step in, and I'm going to disciple and be there for some of these guys. I'm going to show up to the game, and I'm going to tell them I'm cheering for them. I'm going to love on that person. It's tough. I get it. It's, it we, we're all busy. We've got other things going on. We've got work. We've got our own kids' schedules. But can I tell you, we need people who are going to say, you know what, I'm going to be Jesus, and I'm going to imitate Jesus to others. I look at each and every one of these young people in the room, and I, I see we have some foster kids in the room. And we're, we're blessed in, in Gospel Light to have some people in our church who have, have uh, they've fostered kids, and they'll bring them into their home, and I'm just so blessed by those who do that. But I can tell you this, that the need is great. As a student pastor, I can tell you that we need people. Well, I'm too old. You're not too old. Well, I'm too busy. If you're too busy to be like Jesus, then I I don't know. We've got other issues. We've got to be Jesus. We've got to be like Jesus. Sometimes that, 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 Video in the beginning. Sometimes I dream that he is me. If I could be like Mike, if I could be like Mike, it'd be amazing to see gospel light say, you know what? Sometimes I dream that he is me. If I could be like Jesus. And if I could be like Jesus. Now there may be somebody in here today that you would say, you know what? It's, I get it, and that first point really got to me. And I don't know if I can really be like Jesus because I don't really know if I've accepted him. I don't know if I have that Holy Spirit you were talking about. If that's the case, myself and one or two other pastors will be up front. And after the music starts playing and we we, we say a quick word of prayer, I would like for you to consider coming up and talking to me or one of the pastors and just asking about, man, what does that look like? You're not going to be able to imitate Jesus if you're not a Christ follower. You can do good things in life, but you can't imitate Jesus without being a Christ follower. There might be somebody in the room who says, you know what, Mo? Your act of kindness, that challenge, that got me. I, 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 I'm writing something down, and, or I'm thinking about it, I'm praying about it, and I really feel like this would be something that I could do. My, da- my, my daughter, Lainey, she was in the first service and she put, be nice to my brother. That would be a modern day. That's Jesus. That is, only Jesus could be nice to MJ. No, I'm just kidding. What is it for you? Don't just leave it blank. Let me challenge you. Write something in that act of kindness box. Maybe there's somebody in here who's looking at that, that, that blank and and one to three names. I don't know what that looks like. Come talk to me. I'd be more than happy to give you guys maybe some names of some people or some ideas, some thoughts. Maybe there's ways you could serve in the youth ministry. We've got Glow Up 501 coming up February 7th. Josh, did we, do we need more prayer partners up here? We could use so much more. And by the way, we had volunteers, and it was great, and we're blessed by those of you who have already participated. But I would say it's a very small percentage 
of what we have in this room today. And we've had upwards to 275 teenagers from every school in town, Lake Hamilton, Lakeside, Hot Springs, Cutter, Fountain Lake, Gospelite, Homeschool. 275 kids show up, and they're needing prayer, and we have six kids praying with one person because we need more prayer partners. Would you consider saying, you know what? Mo don't know a lot, but he kind of made a point today. There's a need for generational discipleship. Be a part. I don't think there's a greater way to be like Jesus than to love the least of these. We have so many opportunities that you could be a part of here at Gospel Light, so many amazing things. But let's not lose sight in whatever we do. Let's make sure we're not just doing good things, but we're advertising the Father. I'm going to pray here in a moment. And when I do, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very early. I'm going to ask, and I didn't do this in the first service, but I'd like to ask the worship team to consider just like maybe playing like you're playing and give us like a minute and a half, two minutes. I know, Jordan, I'm finishing early, so we're not going to. Yeah. But I want you to think about and pray about it. And I'm going to challenge you. Write it down. Write something down. Write a name down. Write an act of kindness down. And then I'm going to close in a word of prayer. And after I pray, we can stand and and worship God. But I don't want to leave this place the same. I'm I'm tired of coming in. And by the way, I'm I'm, I'm in the seats where you're sitting 98% of the year. I'm hearing it, and I just, I don't want to leave without being changed. What is it today that God's speaking to you? Is it salvation? Do you know God? It's hard to imitate somebody if you don't know them. How do you get more like Jesus? How do you get more like somebody? You spend time with them, right? Spend a lot of time with somebody, you start acting a lot like them. Do you need, is there somebody in here who needs salvation? Is there somebody in here who would just say, you know what? I want to make more Christ followers. That's what God's speaking to me with. Or maybe it's somebody who says, I want to imitate Christ in the next generation. I'm going to give you guys about a minute and a half. And as the music plays, I want you to pray about and write down those things, and then I'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you so much. For all you've done for us. Many people in this room, Father, I know would call themselves a Christ follower. I pray that you'd help us to just be more like you. I pray that you'd help us to imitate your son who came down to earth to live such an unpredictable and humble life so that we could have an example of how to live in abundance. Help us to be more like Jesus. Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, you'd allow us to continue to make more Christ followers. And God, if there's somebody in this room that needs to know you more and need to know you just to be introduced and influenced and impacted and encounter you this morning, I pray that you'd help them to step out and have the courage to reach out and take that free gift of salvation. 
We love you, Father, and we just ask you be with the rest of today and this week that we would be like Jesus. We love you. Jesus, I pray.